All right, everyone, get ready. It's gonna happen. There's gonna be an explosion, right? Oh. What happened? What happened? What happened to the explosion? What went there wrong? There wasn't one. Oh. Ah, uh, who caused, who who botched the ending? I know. It was Tommy Purr all along. You're a being gutter slut. Yippee Kaye. I'm something about it. It's another episode of Tops and Bottoms with Joey Mayberry, the dad bod demigod. <laughs> yes, and the Sin City Kitty himself, Mr. Tommy Purr. Now, hold on, I did fight like so hard not to just like burst out laughing after you said Tommy Purr all along, because it was like, I want to edit it to where the intro goes in right after you say it, just so it's Tommy Purr, all along, you're a cum guttering gutter <laughs> It's great. It's great. Um, yeah, it was the great in your voice was kind of like, yeah, it was great. And that's kind of the best way I could describe what happened this week at AEW Revolution was just like, that was a really good show. And then it was just Oh, that botched explosion, yo. People, <clears throat> it's, um, you know, um, uh, the, the more we, we review AEW, or the more that, that I get accustomed to being forced at gunpoint to watch AEW, <laughs> 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 um, the more I'm like, I just, I, it's not so much, a, there's things in AEW I really don't like, but it's, I, I hate the tribalism. I, I hate the, just the, WWE gets shit on left and right. AEW seems to get a free pass, and it's kind of like oh, it drives me crazy. I just tweeted about it because yeah. people kept bringing it up to me. You mm. are allowed to say when something was bad, even, even if, if you yeah, even if you're a fan of it, you know, you can say it was bad, you know. Yeah, and I made the comparison. I love Utica on Drag Race this season. Oh, is bad. <laughs> Oh, so I watched a grown human being eat paint. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what wasn't bad? Got Mick, or as Trixie Mattel calls her, Got Meek. Dang, Paz. That's hot. Because I am a Paris Hilton fan, too. And I got to tell you, I laughed my ass off all the time. That was great. I did, too. I thought she was an absolutely, like, oh, my God, perfect Paris Hilton. <laughs> but you know what's a good draw that comparison? Because the Paris Hilton got Mick was the rest of AEW Revolution. Like, that yeah. was solid. Yeah, but that just goes to show you how, like, the ending is... We saw it a couple months ago when The Fiend got lit on fire. And everyone was like, this is so hokey. This is so stupid. I'm like, well, at least they're doing something. You know what I'm saying? They're doing mm -hmm. something. Um, I, think, I think the big letdown was honestly just because that match was so fun. And... You know, we were talking about it back and forth. I didn't expect to like it because I don't like death matches, but they were able to keep it to where it was like shocking and like, oh my God, but it didn't make me feel like, oh, I'm watching two grown men like literally just bleeding out way too much and getting uncomfortable. 
it was a disservice to <clears throat> Moxley. And it was a, that ending was a disservice to Moxley. And it was such a disservice to Kingston. Oh my God. Cause like if it had been, yes, if, yeah, if it, I'm, I'm not the biggest Kingston fan. And I think it's just because of the booking. Cause I don't really know Kingston outside of AEW. Um, so, uh, what a disservice because the sacrifice would have been would have meant more if it looked like it would have i honestly think right. they should have done a cinematic thing right then and there where explosion cut cut the feed yeah but i mean they had to be thinking because if that explosion was like a solid at least 10 15 seconds because it was like a couple other things had to be going off because you only really got the three like the sparklers the outside bang bang and then the big puffs of edge smoke like i thought everybody go oh, on this day i mean we saw christian so like uh <laughs> who knows or at least make the ring collapse something yeah but i don't know so it was and then i would not have wanted to be kingston like moxley had just been through hell so he could he could lay there right yeah. kingston had to had to try and sell it as something big. Oh, he did. Give that man an Oscar. He was selling like he just went through. For God's sake, he looked more burned alive than Bray Wyatt did. It was just oh, like I felt my heart goes out to him because I'm like he he tried. It wasn't his fault. He didn't plan all this, and so I'm like, oh, that the poor guy. Like, give that man a fucking raise. That's probably how Elizabeth Berkeley felt when she got the Showgirls script. She's like, I have to do what? Okay. <laughs> I'm going to sell it. Here's a poll. I'm going to lick it. Uh, here are my titties. I'm going uh, to sell it. The script's horrible, but I'm going to sell it. I was like, Kingston, you get the Elizabeth Berkeley Award for trying very hard to make mm -hmm. it work. So thrust it. Thrust it. <laughs> thrust it. But yeah, I felt like a disservice to Moxley, it, which, which is sad. Like the ending of your, the ending and the beginning of your show. So it's like a play or a TV show or a movie. The, the beginning sets the tone. The end is the payoff. It's the money shot. It's the, it's like a porn. Uh, Lars Sullivan, I hope you're watching. When you have a disappointed, disappointing cum shot, no one's going to want to watch you again. You know? No, poor Mitch Bennett. That was a horrible porn debut from Mitch Bennett, but we had a good set of AEW debuts last night. <laughs> yeah, I mean, good debuts, but nothing that I was like, nothing that I was like, do you like Christian showing up? I was, I, yeah, I'm disappointed that we are not going to see him in the rest of the build up to Edge's WrestleMania thing. Yeah. Uh, however, however, a lot of people, uh, I have seen this second me. Uh, anyways, um, a lot of people are already like, Christian's gonna get blacklisted from WWE. I'm like, no, because you know what? Maybe maybe WWE didn't need Christian or they didn't want to sign him to anything. Um, here's the thing. When Christian was in WWE and Impact wanted to induct him in the Hall of Fame, WWE did let Christian go to go do the ceremony. There, there have been instances where they're like, kind of, they're cool with you. You know, they're not going to be assholes sometimes. That's why it's so weird. It's like, uh, you catch them on a good day, they can be very generous. You catch them on a bad day, they can be like, no, you can't go. You can't do this. I think it also just depends on the person because it's, 
you know, it's just human nature. If you like somebody, you let them get away with a little bit more. And that's how it works out. It's like the Indies, you know, I wrestle in Salt Lake City and, you know, there, there have been other promotions besides UCW Zero. And mm -hmm. some people are like, <clears throat> how come you, you have given them your, these people, their blessing to go over there, but, and then let them come back. But if I go over there, I'm never allowed back. And it's like, well, they discussed it with the bookers. They like, hey, I'm going over there, not because you're an asshole or I'm unhappy. It's like, they just gave me the storyline, this opportunity, since you're not really using me, can I go do this? You never yeah. know what's going on behind the scenes. It's just a lot of fucking people wanting to stir shit, you know? Yep, and let me tell you, I didn't really get stirred up by the whole Christian drama. Honestly, based yeah. off the internet, I was just so ready to figure out who was going to walk out through that curtain because I didn't want to hear about it anymore. anymore. So. What was your favorite conspiracy theory? People were saying, I heard Brock Lesnar, which I laughed my ass off. I heard, I heard Brock Lesnar and AJ Lee. Oh, always, always CM Punk and AJ Lee. Um, mm -hmm. Always. Um, I heard Brock Lesnar. I heard, I heard Lita. You heard Lita? I heard Lita. Really? Okay. I didn't hear that one. I heard uh, Kurt Angle. Um, I heard it was a double swerve where it was going to be Big Show announcing yeah. himself and then he was going to be turning heel. I'm like, okay, whatever. But I'm kind of just like, I like Christian. So mm -hmm. this is really pertaining towards him, but I'm kind of like, stop taking all these other people. You know what I'm saying? Like you have enough rules. You don't need uh, previous superstars. Yeah. I'm I, just I don't, don't want to say past their prime because Christian can still go, you know? Um, mm -hmm. But well, it's just a separate product. And if you keep bringing more people into the product that are just going to say, hey, we're here now and not at this other place, it's just making you think of the other place. So it's not really effective to keep doing that instead yeah. of trying to grow your brand past it. I think that's what WWE does really well is they don't acknowledge the other product. They just do their own thing and they don't mm -hmm. make any other like competition references. Whereas AEW, they mention it on the show a lot. You know, and they mentioned where all these other people are coming from. They plug a lot because we just saw the other debut of Ethan Page who debuted, which yeah. I was all for. I love me some Ethan Page. Yeah. And they were referencing Impact. And it's kind of like you guys talk about so many other things, which is fantastic because it gets eyes on other um, promotions. But I think that could be a big downfall for AEW is they don't put enough highlight on themselves. Exactly. Because here's the thing like one day if sammy guevara leaves or mjf gets headhunted by a by WWE or another promotion you know you're gonna you're gonna have they're they're gonna be able to be like oh they're from AEW, you know that's what yep. you want you want to be like if your talent eventually leaves you and they go somewhere else you want people to be like they're from aew you know like they were made Which a star over there and not even just the internet. You want like the normal everyday fan to be like, I saw them from this, or I know no. them from this. So I don't know. Um, AEW's revolution was good. I enjoyed the ladder match. I I really, really enjoyed the Sting Darby Allen match. Um, again, mm -hmm. the cinematic style of that. Thought that was great. Um, the women's championship was just another Hikaru Shida match, which. It's sad. It's just sad that it's just kind of like falling kind of flat. And she's the longest reigning AEW champion right now, right? Period. In history, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just kind of like, 
wow, too bad it's so not memorable. You know, like... Yeah, her winning the title was still the most memorable match because it's my favorite AEW match so far. But then it's just kind of like, that's talk about idea. expecting a lot and then that it's... Hikaru Shida's career is equivalent to that explosion at the end of the show. Britt Baker has Britt Baker has done more during Hikaru Shida's women's yeah. reign than Hikaru herself. <laughs> it's just so sad to say, but overall, since that was the big show this week, Tommy, what would you say AEW Revolution falls for you? Would it be a top or a bottom? Well, I'm not going to hold the bottom again. Uh, the bottom. I'm not going to hold the uh, the ending against mm-hmm. it. Um, as a WWE fan, you know, I'm going to extend the olive branch across the aisle saying here now guys shut the fuck up because things do happen. The fiend Mm -hmm. being on fire probably looked a lot better during rehearsal. Uh, someone could have been out of frame for the camera. It could, we don't know what happened. I've done acting and film theater. You just, it looks good in rehearsal. You tested a million times. Shit goes wrong. Stop shitting on WWE for it. And and then you can expect people to stop shitting on AEW for it. I'm not going to hold it. I think it's I think it's a top. I'm not going to hamper it just because of the ending with something that was probably a miscue or miscommunication. Now, with that being said, if it gets revealed that that was just what they had planned, oh yeah. no, it can't be. No. It can't be. It, it can't be, but you know what? The 2020 has proven to us that the seemingly impossible is possible with everything going on in the world that people are weird and stupid and crazy and mean and evil and in wrestling sometimes that's all they have planned is sparklers and some smoke (laughs) if i find out about that we will be coming on here for a special announcement where i reverse for the first time ever i reverse a grade and i right in the bottom Try oh my goodness, I so hope it happens now because I want that content, baby. Content. But I don't think I don't think that's what happened. Because I, I, I would hope that someone like Omega or Moxley would be like, that's fucking stupid. We need more. I personally think what they should have done is do as many explosions as possible. Uh do something where something happens to the camera and then just be like, you know, like WandaVision, please stand by. Like that would have been more effective to me. Yeah, I mean, it was you because it was Tommy Purr all along. Um, I know. But- yeah, it was me. I'm a WWE fan, so it's like sabotage. No, I'm kidding. I would never do that to someone. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh. AEW Revolution was also a top for me. Solid yeah. show. It's just the thing that sucks about it is, is I'm not going to remember really anything else as well as I'm going to remember that explosion. And that really does suck. That's why you're ending. That. I think that's why also WrestleMania 17 X7 is so memorable. You have that great match with The Rock and Stone Cold, and you have that ending which left which shocked people. Vince and Stone Cold shaking hands, and yeah. you remember it, and then you remember every like everything else on that on that show. Even like China's one minute and thirty second match, it was like every everyone had a storyline. Every match was fun to watch, um, and as a result, it was like. Damn, damn, and then you see that that ending, it takes away from everyone. Mm -hmm. It totally does. And, like, you know what's bad? That show you didn't even mention that was TLC, like TLC 2, the really good one. So, like, so that shows how much those moments can take away from really memorable things Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or just tarnish them, you know? 
Yeah. Sad. That's kind of like having a really shitty dessert at the end of like a seven course magnificent meal. And you're like, oh, yeah. Dang it. I, I really wish that didn't happen. But also, um, another PSA it's okay to criticize it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, like, I just don't like the, the tribalism. Even though I, oh. I'm a WWE fan, I watch AEW and I, there's things that I like that they do. And there's other things that they do that I'm like, why? What's the, like, if you're really trying to differentiate yourself, why do this? And also, I hate being different for the sake of being different. It has to make sense. Agreed. Well, let's go ahead and run through what happened on the WWE side of things so that we can back up our words and prove that we shit on everyone. We shit um, on everyone. Exactly. Because everyone kind of deserves it, but there's a lot that deserves praise. And we're going to talk about all that stuff after we talk about Monday Night Raw. Because Monday <laughs> Night Raw this past week was, no lie, really good with the whole Bobby Lashley and The Miz throughout the night doing their own thing. But, oh, oh my God, everything sucked. If it wasn't for Bobby Lashley and The Miz and then Lashley winning the WWE Championship at the end of the night, Monday Night Raw was a fucking chore. So basically the opposite of Revolution, which just goes to show you, you need a good closer. Because then you're able to forgive everything bad that happened on the show if there was some sort of payoff. Yeah, because honestly, the thing that did carry the show through was the fact that they were just having that Miz came out. They did the countdown again. Miz is in the back. He shits himself. They redo the countdown again. Miz goes, gets himself counted out, and then they do the countdown again. And that's what kept this show congruent because the rest of it just, oh, my God, made no sense. It felt like, to me, a lot of it, a lot of it. I, I feel like there's a lot less wrestlers. I don't know. Are like, I feel like a lot of the roster is either – sitting out because maybe they don't feel comfortable working with COVID or the pandemic, or they're just work, working with a more limited roster, but it feels like people are spread very thin. Um, we've discussed this before, like the same matches yeah. over and over. I also think this show was kind of like the rise of Skywalker in the new star Wars trilogies. We all hated the last year. We all hated the last it was horrible. I, mm -hmm. not, I'm not talking about the actors. It was just the story was really bad. Don't right. at me. You know it's true. Rise of Skywalker, I thought, was very serviceable. But they spent a lot of the movie fixing the shit that happened in the last movie. Yeah. And it could have been much better. It was good. But it could have been better if they didn't have to spend like an hour fixing all the shit from the previous movie. This Raw felt to me like it could have been tons better if they didn't have to devote time to kind of acknowledging us as an audience going, wink, wink, we know you don't like this. We're going to fix this right now. Like, And that's, to me, yes, the show felt like a chore, but at least it's the signs of WWE's listening a little bit more, and they're now pivoting quicker. Before, they would just be like, nope, they're pivoting now, and like, okay, turn it around. We're Agreed. I'm totally all for because with Lashley winning the title, at least it's something a little bit different. It's not the same four or five people that we've really seen gravitating around the WWE Championship for so yeah, long. We all thought it'd be Sheamus. We thought it would be Keith Lee. And then they threw us a curveball with Lashley. And it was 
it was predictable, but it was a welcome predictability. It was mm -hmm. a predictable outcome that people wanted. So I'm okay with that if it's making people happy. I'm okay with that too. But you know what I'm not okay with is the concept of it being Lesnar versus Lashley at Mania, which that Absolutely rumor is swirling. Absolutely not. Absolutely you know not. What? I would be all for it, but there is one thing wrong with this whole picture. You can't give me Bobby Lashley versus Lesnar without Paul Heyman because it needs to be MVP versus Paul Heyman needs to be the main event of WrestleMania. Exactly, which leads me to believe it's not going to happen. So, I can agree with that too. That's I'm yeah. hoping that's the case because I I can't do Lesnar without Heyman. There's nothing that makes Lesnar appealing to me without Heyman. I think strong indication is it is going to be Drew McIntyre. Um, only because they've kind of already busted their load with giving us Sheamus and Drew this last this last Raw. So, like, if that was the Mania match, I feel like they would have held off on that a little bit longer, unless they have some oh, big, yeah. unless they have some big gimmick match planned at Mania that we don't know about. Maybe, but very happy about Lashley. But speaking of gimmick matches, we have to talk about the fact that Shane McMahon is back. And that he's just very clearly setting up a match of Shane versus Braun Strowman. Like, yeah. so hardcore. Like, could you not just come out and cut a damn promo, Shane, and just say, I want to face Braun Strowman at WrestleMania? Because, honestly, I will take that over what is happening right now. <laughs> it really feels like he's trying to make Adam Pierce look like the shady authority figure, which... Honestly, I'm starting with what happened on like NXT and shit. Like, mm -hmm. we'll get to later. Um, that's how I feel about it. Like, at, you know me. Like, re rewind the footage from many weeks ago where I defended Adam Pierce when, and I was like, "No, this is gonna be great." Now I'm like, "Is he a bad guy now?" Because none of this makes any sense with what's oh. going on. No idea whatsoever what's going on with that because that whole promo. With Strowman coming out and just rawr, 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 Shane McMahon, I don't like you. I don't understand any of it. Like I don't understand his attitude. Nowhere he feel. I feel like he should be teamed with Sami Zayn. He's got all this conspiratorial stuff going on where he thinks they're against me. I love that idea. Right? I mean, it makes sense. Like 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 Sami Zayn having a whole cult of of conspiratorial wrestlers who think that the whole company's out to get them. And everyone's like, no, like calm your ass. Which is what they're doing with retribution right now, which is ridiculous because that's not retribution, but whatever. They're going to do their own thing. Whatever. But yeah, Braun Strowman, I, I don't get it. I'm like, okay, as long as Braun goes over at mania, I'm okay with this. Um, but as we all know, Shane has a pretty solid mania track record. You know, I'm like, uh, yeah. I love Shane. I do love me some Shane McMahon, but the storyline makes no sense. I'm hoping that as we watch, there's something that comes up that would explain why, or it just turns out it's just a weird happenstance of shit. We're like McMahon, we're, I don't know. I don't know. I just don't know. I can't defend it. I'm a WWE fan, guys. Don't ask me. I, don't, ask should, me don't ask me. Don't ask me. Uh, at, least, at least like the explosion was so bad. I laughed about it. It was entertained a little bit. But like uh, this, I'm like, okay. First of all, I hate that everything's in the ring. Can we please 
do some backstage segments, like in the office. The thing is, is like everything's in the ring, but now the backstage segments happen in a backstage ring. <laughs> it's 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 backstage inception. And just like Oh no. <laughs> yeah. It's stageception. Uh <laughs> I mean, what can you even do with this? But I wanna move on to another challenge from Monday Night Raw that we got for a championship. Charlotte Flair just basically came out to the ring and said, well, no one else is going to challenge for the title. Guess I'm going to do it. And this is what we just talked about with Shane McMahon. Like, just cut a promo. At least they're cutting right to the chase. They're, they're not going to do this. Are they teaming together? And when's Charlotte going to turn against Asuka? You know, because you know what's going to happen. She comes right mm -hmm. out. And I feel, again, Charlotte with the fucking good promos. It felt unscripted. Mm -hmm. And people just give her so much crap and it did seem unscripted and they just shit on her because she's Charlotte Flair, but they have been really solid promos. Uh -huh. And she, and she even addresses, it's kind of like when Cena started addressing how people said that he had everything handed to him. She is the female Cena. Um, the difference is I, I, I like Charlotte. I like John Cena, but I love Charlotte, you know? So but my thing is, I'm sorry guys. Mania's like six weeks away, six, seven, I don't know, whatever. I have lost all track of time. I thought today was 1998. Um, so um, here's the thing. There really is no one to challenge Asuka unless you do Alexa Bliss, but she's so entrenched in the theme. Uh -huh. uh -huh. Incorrect, sir. Incorrect. This is my brutality! That's also what I'm waiting. I'm like, why? I go, I don't know if they're waiting for Asuka to come back. And then when Charlotte does do the official challenge, that's when we're going to hear Rhea come out. I'm going to see. I'm going to try to post this episode tonight during Monday Night Raw to hype it because Monday Night Raw is tonight. I want to bet some money that the tonight Rhea Ripley will come out. She will be in an altercation with Charlotte. It will be Charlotte versus Rhea Ripley at Fastlane. Winner faces Asuka at WrestleMania. No win. Triple threat at Mania. Mm. Mm -hmm. Calling it right now. Mm. And I'd be, and I'm fine with WrestleMania as long as it's, I, you know, as long as it's like, I would like Rhea to win, but mm -hmm. I think Asuka deserves to win at Mania. She really uh, yeah. Um, but I, Asuka needs, Asuka should win, but by pinning Charlotte. If Rhea wins, it should be by pinning Charlotte so that they can move to Rhea versus Asuka. Um, if Asuka were to win, I would love nothing more than for Becky Lynch to come out right after. And Oh my God, I love all of your bookings. Someone get Tommy Per job. AW, I'll also I I know explosions experts, so we can test that shit out too. I applied. I know you told me. You you sent like a whole spreadsheet with all your ideas. I sent 19 weeks of women's wrestling storyline. And clearly they haven't used it. <laughs> nope. But speaking of women's divisions, from Monday Night Raw, we saw um, Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler take on Naomi and Charlotte Flair, respectively. They did nothing to build Shayna Baszler, but they did everything for Nia Jax against Naomi. But wow. that led to their NXT championship match at... Um, NXT television against Raquel and Dakota. 
what did you think of this whole situation surrounding these two women? Because the way they're treating Shayna feels so awkward to me. It feels awkward because they made her look super fucking dominant on NXT. Mm -hmm. And they had her lose on Raw. And then they had her lose on SmackDown. Um, but on Raw, Nia did say, you know, one of us is going to challenge Asuka when she comes back. Well, it's obviously going to be me. You know, like, they're still playing up this, like, weird tension between them. So I have mm -hmm. a feeling maybe if and when they lose the belts, it's going to be Shayna who takes the pin or the submission. And Nia is going to be like, you know, you mess this up. And it's going to turn into a Nia shayna feud, which Shayna is kind of like the reluctant face. Right. Um, uh, which I'm okay with. But at the same time, it's like she went a year ago, she demolished all the Riot Squad, Asuka, Natalia, and an Elimination Chamber match, which was severely panned and hated by a lot of people. And then lost to Becky, and then has just been kind of floundering ever since. I so mean, she's, she's got two women's tag team championships under her belt. But honestly, the thing that's keeping her alive is Nia Jax. Yeah, and it's kind of... It's funny. It's just funny. Not in a ha-ha way, but like funny weird. Like that it's Naya who's kind of... Yeah. And yeah. then the transition to NXT TV in this tag team championship match. Oh my God, what a good tag match. Like, good tag match. I felt there was some mistiming on the tag team moves. Like the double team yeah. move. It, I, did, I don't know if it was just... I was like, oh, I had to rewatch them a couple times because there looked like there were some timing issues. Where it didn't like it looked like Naya dropped Dakota by like she, like her arm slipped when she was bench pressing her, and yeah. but because it's Dakota and Shayna, everyone was able to cover. Her. It was totally fine. And then um, yeah, just the Raquel and Dakota tag team move on Shayna also mm -hmm. felt kind of weird a little bit. I don't know, but it felt yeah. weird. but to go back to our previous discussion of AEW for me. Um, the yeah. ending is what yeah. I remember. The ending is what, you know, and that's what, that, and that's not doing any favors to Adam Pierce because it's like, unless he's going to turn full on authority heel or something's mm -hmm. going on, this makes absolutely no sense. It makes no sense when they have William Regal, mm -hmm. why Adam Pierce is getting fucking involved, which is now turning into, well, now we're going to have... Uh, NXT women's tag team titles, allegedly. That's the rumor. Um, I really hope that's not the case. I really just do. I think I I just enjoy the idea of the tag team championships being able to float. I think that's such a good way to bring in new women, too. Because if two NXT women win those championships and they can make appearances on all three shows, that's a great way to boost that roster and a great way to introduce these people to the crowd. So... Yeah. Very much all for that. And the thing I'm, about I'm actually all for them consolidating all the tag team titles. Like, I feel like it's I've always been a big advocate of letting all the belts float between all three brands. You know, um, I just feel like there's too many titles. Um it, it, it would well, there's too so many titles that are the same exact thing. It's like having, you know. Mario and Dr. Mario, Peach and Daisy and Super Smash Brothers. It's the same exact things. Like, it would make so much difference if they had kept, like, 
the Divas or the old women's championship and put that on a person that got to rotate in the show as well. So then you could have multiple titles doing certain things. Yeah. But you know, uh, you know, I mean, called Divas. Well, I'm sorry. Not all of you are superstars. I hate that. I'm like, uh, superstar. It's just, a, it's just a, a label. It's just branding. Like the TNA knockouts. Calm down, guys. Like, like to me, they were. What? Because, I mean, you can be called a knockout and still be a respected athlete because they are. Exactly. But, I mean, like, and I, I, I like that they redefine the word diva. Now it's, like, in the lexicon where it's not a negative term anymore. It's kind of like, ooh, she's a diva. Like, you know, like. Which is what it should have been all along. Yeah. But, but I've always been an advocate of all the belts floating between the brands. Have one mid-card belt for the men, one mid-card belt for the women, one main belt for the women, one main belt for the men. Two separate tag belts for men and women. They, the you don't yeah. that I can see this turning into like positive though is that this turns into NXT versus WWE warfare. That yeah. seems intriguing. That seems like, but I'm kind of like, who benefits from that? You know what I'm saying? Like. I think it's a good way to honestly, this is the idea of a superstar shakeup because uh, you're bringing in all of these people. You're going to see who's testing well with the crowd, who everyone's really receptive to. And that's going to really shake up things because then you know who your superstars are, like who, who's number one in the fans' opinion. Most merch, all eyes are on them, Candice Michelle. Um, but... <laughs> You know, it's a great way to do it. And then I really just enjoy that idea. Okay. I mean, I'm not opposed to it, but it's, you know, you have so many people in NXT mm -hmm. who don't want to come up to the main roster because they don't want to get lost. Yeah. It's kind of like, I would be okay with it. Again, WWE fan criticized. <laughs> Hello, it's Bette Midler. Um, I would be, uh, I, as a WWE fan criticizing WWE, I would be okay with that if the writing on Raw and Smack, on Raw particularly, were a bit more solid. Um, but on that note, can we, speaking of writing, the NXT, way this week in the NXT, therapy session? Uh, it's my top moment of the, of the week. Um, I, I First off, I laughed my ass off. I, I love how it was filmed. It didn't feel yeah. like a Raw live backstage segment. It felt like a as an indie film set, which was amazing. I feel like they should do all backstage segments like that now. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, they were all really funny. They were all really good. I felt kind of bad for Candace because she didn't get to do like the fun, the fun parts. Everyone else got to be, she had to be the straight man in, yeah. in the scenario and everyone else got to be funny. Uh, indie was really funny. I like how Johnny was like, uh, you were Christmas. I give you that. I give you that nickname, which I keep forgetting. That indie wrestling. I love that name for her. Um, it's so good. It's, it's so perfect. perfect. And Ken then glasses was cute as hell. I was like, she looks adorable. And then I, I think okay. I know that you have not the biggest attraction to Austin Theory, but the dumber he gets, the more I'm just like, oh baby, he's beautiful. I, it's but you know, he and he's just not Cash Wheeler. Uh, so Fair. it's just, you know, 
And so uh, I think Austin Austin Theory is one of those guys that I would never hit on because it's, it's so intimidating. Like, you're so pretty. Like, no. Like, if we had sex, I couldn't get aroused because I'd be like, oh, my God, oh, my God, I'm so unattractive. Um, so, but like, with Johnny, when Johnny, like, put his hand on his knees, like, he needs his whole family here. I was like, oh, God, this is such a gay porno scene. Like, everyone in this knows who they're catering to. Yeah. Like. You, they watch Tops and Bottoms. That's my headcanon. They're watching this. They know. I personally like Johnny Gargano. I think he's way more attractive than Austin Theory because he's hysterical. But Austin Theory is the himbo, as I've named him. Um, I'm just waiting for him to come out in a shirt like that and just like a wink and be like, I fucking knew it. I knew they watch our show. Um, but also when he was like, this doesn't look like a Chuck E. Cheese. I fucking died. Oh I my God. died. And then he was like, Dexter Loomis is just a really good friend. And then just Indy simping over Dexter Loomis. Dead. 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 And then swerve. The swerve that the therapist was in on it. I know. I didn't really see it coming. I thought she wasn't. Proof. Guys, WWE still, when they try, when they put their minds to it, they still fucking knock it out of the park. So... I believe it's just NXT and hiring young people. That's my thing that I believe it is. Exactly. Well, also it's um, hiring young people. It's NXT. It's also, uh, I think everyone's so complacent with Raw because it always draws money no matter what. When we get WrestleMania season, they kind of coast, you yeah. know? Uh, and it's just kind of like, you know, and they have no competition on Monday night on Monday nights. So just kind of like they they know they're gonna get some return on it either way. I mean, they're coasting, but they're also like okay, the main event scene right now on NXT, Finn Balor, Adam Cole. This storyline isn't the most exciting for me. It's not really even that appealing, but like those two in the way that they're interacting and the way that they're setting up this fight. Even though it's kind of like, okay, I already know what you two can do. I'm very familiar with you two. It's that same kind of feeling when I see two people that are fighting each other repetitively on SmackDown or Raw. Except I'm like, the way you're setting it up, it's two people going into the same match we've seen before, but with an entirely different attitude, which I enjoy. Especially, it's not even so much Cole versus Balor. <clears throat> it's the main story behind this whole thing is the breakup of the Undisputed Era. Exactly. Um, Kyle O'Reilly was made a star instantly working with Balor. Cole was already the leader. He was already the star. And Roddy's uh, the indies. Um, Roddy, you know, the inventor of the Widow's Peak, the best women's finisher ever. Um, also, can just a little side note to continue your thought. Please, dear God, let, quit letting Roderick Strong cut promos, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah. But he, he's in that unenviable position of he doesn't get to be the most exciting member. It's kind of like, but someone's got to be kind of like the glue that holds it together a little bit, you know? Exactly. And so Cole, Roddy's like defending Cole, then Cole turns against him and low blow him and says, you're stupid. And the, the ripping off of the necklace thing was even more like, oh, oh. But like right then and there, you just made Roddy a star. You instantly made everyone like him. This is less about Balor versus Cole. It's about the Undisputed Era breaking, breaking apart and... Which is yeah. why I think I'm just so into it. It's not the same story, even though it's the same people, which is something they can't do on the main roster. I wish they would with the New Day. I, I feel like, 
I'm sorry, guys. Like, I feel like the act with the New Day has gotten really repetitive and really, like, you know. I mean, they I, have a huge social media following that really does. Yeah, it's probably just, like, or at least, like, re shake up the New Day. Have Big E leave. Because I think Big E could be a huge star. Um, so 100%. And it could yeah. totally shake things up. Yeah, you know, so but that's that's another story for another time. But yeah, I, I'm like the Cole Balor thing. You can do same matches if, as long as you shake it up. Agreed. And then speaking of matches that you know feel repetitive, let's talk about something fresh. Because for the first time on Tops and Bottoms, we're going to discuss something that happened on NXT UK because it was the UK Women's Championship of Kaylee Ray versus Mako Satomura in one of the best matches, at least of this month so far, if not this year so far. Yeah, I can't even, nothing bad I, I have to say about that one at all. Oh my goodness, that was just textbook wrestling at its finest. These two women played off of each other so well. I'm so excited for Kaylee Ray to drop that NXT UK Women's Championship and go straight to Raw or SmackDown. She doesn't need to pull a Tony Storm and go to NXT. Yeah. You know, put her on television. When you were like, oh, we're, this is what we're reviewing in this, the talking point. I was like, oh, because I confuse Kate. Every time I hear the names, Kaylee Ray, Kylie Ray. Um, uh, like all, And there's two other people with variations of the same name. And I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Please stop. And I was like, I was like, oh, Kylie Ray. I love her. And I was like, oh, no, Kaylee Ray. So I was searching for Kylie Ray versus this person. And like, what match? So I'm watching all these matches. So like, I, I watched a whole bunch of wrestling that I didn't need to watch. <laughs> Kylie Ray. But yeah, I agree with you with, with Kaylee Ray. When I finally reread the text, I was like, oh, okay. But she's, this match was just the, okay. I love Kaylee Ray's use of being able to hook things. Like, she can just grab you and put you into a submission from almost any place she's standing. And it's very impressive. Yeah, it is. I, just, I have no other notes. It was really good. But then again, like, it's NXT. And, you know, it's the UK where they are really good at what they do. And um, the only question I think that comes out of this is who can dethrone Kaylee Ray at this point? You will, yeah. I, ugh, I don't know unless they bring in someone. It's got in my mind. Eva Valkyries like seems like the next big person to step up, possibly. But like, it might, have, it might have to be a multi-person match scenario. It's got to be something because I for sure thought that Mako was going to do it. I thought it was going to be Mako, um, but once she got that win, I have no idea. I just don't see who else that could do it. Yeah, it'll be fun to watch, though. Oh, it's going to be so much fun to watch. I love me some NXT UK. Um, but let's go ahead and talk about some things that happened on SmackDown. And in big, big, um, bold letters on my sheet of paper in front of me, I wrote the Reginald situation. I know he's not gone. I know he's not because... WWE is not that generous to me. Um, and if he's gone, I see him showing back up at Mania somehow to cost someone that victory. Yeah. Uh, I, unless, unless he's like legitimately gone. 
There's I no know, like, but like my head can, and I'm like, would it be great if someone was like, yeah, these these two gays on this one podcast really, really hate. You know, they have like seven listeners, and they just really hate Reginald, especially that dark-haired Asian one. Ugh. So we have to get rid of Reginald. That's my headcanon. But I know he's not gone because WWE is not that nice. No, but I love that Carmella fired him. Thank you, WWE, for following up and having her be like, you're a snake. Game over. You're gone. The thing about Reginald is, is I really enjoyed him when he was just Carmella's sommelier. It was too much after that. It was much too much. If he was helping Carmella win her matches and was like obsessed with Carmella because she's his boss. Mm-hmm. Okay. But yeah. no, this Sasha Bianca thing did not need that. No. Yeah. And then the match that he cost um, pretty much tried to, you know, do something to Bianca Belair. I don't know what he's trying to do with that situation with her and Sasha Banks, but he ended up messing with that match. And then Sasha dismissed him. The other two made fun of him and then he got fired. And I'm just, it sets perfectly up for something to come this upcoming week on SmackDown, but I just I can't think of what it would be, and I kind of cringe to think about what it's going to be. I'm I'm so nervous. I'm so scared. Um, I like that Bianca went. This is your fault. You know what you have to do. I was like, yes, yes, Bianca, yes. Like, but here's the thing. Just think about this lovely scenario for one second. Okay. Could you imagine? Just a good, solid build-up to Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair at WrestleMania. How great it could have been. How wonderful that could have been. And then this is what they give us. Some random new guy that used to work with Carmella. (laughs) That's the story. Reginald, random tag team title matches, which is now what we have at Fastlane. So we got Mm -hmm. Bianca and Sasha versus Shania Payne. which. I don't know. I don't fucking know. Um, clearly, Shania Payne's going to win because... Eh, who knows? Because, honestly, it should be Team Dayglow. You know? Um, on Dakota. The two teams that you continually... You have two number one contenders still. And and Guns N' Roses. Yeah. It's- like, that, you know, and... Oh, the Riot Squad! Like... Who? They're not on television. <laughs> I know. That's what's so sad. You have, I don't know. Don't forget Tatalia. 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 Version three. Tatalia, version three. Version three. Third time's a charm. Or maybe it's not. I'm just like, whatever. Whatever. Um, I just I keep think- thinking that this whole Shania Payne storyline could have been 10 times more entertaining if it was a Samoan slaughterhouse with Naya and Tamina. Yeah. And how yeah. Tina kept the tag team that they already freaking made. Yeah. But uh, Reginald's coming back or he's going to do something that costs. You know what I would love though? You know what I would love? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I, back to my original topic. We had Reginald, these random tag team title chances. I don't understand why. And Sasha's character assassination where she's now Carmella, but in chocolate flavor. You know, like, I, like <laughs> I'm Sasha. No, who are you, Stacey Dash and Clueless? Stop. Like, I I don't care for it. I really don't. Exactly. Then, oh, go ahead. But I think Reginald, 
I would kind of, I would be, I don't know. I'm kind of, I'm not hoping, but what would soften the blows if it turned out Bianca was heel and sent Reginald to fuck with Sasha or Sasha was going to blame everything on Reginald when she turns heel. I don't know. Something. If it gives us a heel turn, I'm, pr- I'm kind of for that. I do need yeah. that. Yeah, exactly. But I, I'm living not a heel turn that goes to these two used to be best friends. Please no. God, I but I do like that Bianca's written very smart. Whether she's a heel or a face, she's always been written. She has a brain. Like mm-hmm. telling Sasha, you better deal with this. You know, I'm not having this. She has a brain. She's the smartest. Yes, yes, she is. So that's why I like her. She's actually like the smart challenger to the belt. You know. Yep, exactly. Um, but I'm hoping, like, speaking of these gimmick changes, I'm hoping they give one of these ladies a heel turn. Not exactly like Apollo Cruz, but with Apollo Cruz quality. Because Apollo's promo on SmackDown, I really enjoyed. I like this. I did too, but it felt so... not. I don't want to say random in a bad way, but it just felt so, like, such a quick shift from where we were at earlier. Um, I'm, I'm interested to see where it goes. I thought the promo I was good. I enjoyed him just saying, because we rarely get to see people lose an accent. You know what I mean? Or, you know, because he it was him putting on an accent for us. You don't really get to see people just speak in their own tongue too, too much. I think the only person I can think of that really did it was once they started letting Asuka and Kyrie speak Japanese again. Yeah, that was um, great. But I've never seen anyone just adapt their own natural ac- accent back as a, you know, it's very few and far between. So yeah. it was really nice to be like, oh, well, you, one, I was like, you're really talented at putting on a fake American accent. <laughs> I was so, shocked. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. You know, it's kind of, and you know, it's kind of like when I feel like part of Lana's appeal was lost the moment she dropped the accent. Mm-hmm. because she sounded exotic. And when she was heel, she sounded like a badass too. Yep. And this is also another example of WWE doing something that makes me excited for the same match to happen again. Yeah. Cause now it's different. Now it's a little change, you know? Yeah. It's like seeing another person. Cause it's a new character. The power of characters is real people. We have to like more. <laughs> It really is. Um, and then finally, we need to discuss the main event of SmackDown. It was Jay Uso, Daniel Bryan in a steel cage. And then Daniel Bryan beats Jay Uso. Great cage match. But the real thing that I wanted to see here was that Daniel Bryan payoff because no lie, the concept of Daniel Bryan possibly being able to beat Roman Reigns and then face Edge at WrestleMania really, really intrigues me more than Edge versus Roman Reigns. And it really does, and it makes me go like, oh my god, you know, like mm-hmm. where is this going? You know, like and I just want it. I think like, Roman Reigns versus Edge would be great, and I'm not gonna discount that, because that sounds like a really good match on paper. It's, you know, the new guy versus the old guy who was kind of in the same predicament that Roman Reigns is now. He was the heel that was the head honcho. So that would be interesting. But the idea of Edge versus Daniel Bryan, these 
people who have come back from career ending injuries and now are going to highlight WrestleMania. Oh my God. I, that just seems like pure magic. But who would Roman face if that's the case? Um, I don't know. I feel like it could also wind up in a triple threat scenario, but I love Roman Reigns and he needs to be on WrestleMania. He is a freaking highlight, but this is just a me thing. I want edge versus Brian. I want it so bad. I mean, I, I, I would I would be down for it. When is uh Brian's contract up? Um, I have no idea. I can't keep uh, track of all that stuff. Like the behind the scenes things, I'm like, I spend way too much time keeping track of what's on television, let alone behind the camera. Well, I know this is like Brian's last run. I think either yeah. right before SummerSlam or just around there. So, I mean, if AEW is looking to pick up superstars, like... I don't know if Daniel Bryan would go over there. I think he's pretty much set for life. I don't know if he's retiring, retiring, but, no. uh, you know, not that, on that sweet reality deal contract. No way. Oh yeah. He, he doesn't, he doesn't need to work ever again. He's good. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, at the same time, it's kind of like, I often wonder about that. Like, what do you do when you, if you can go to the competitor, but your wife or your husband still works for the company, you know, like, you know, I don't know, John Moxley. What do you do? Nero. <laughs> uh, I because it's kind of like it seems like all the women stay behind in WWE, which is smart for right now until AEW really takes off with their women's division. But um, but like um, yeah, it's just kind of like because there's rumors of Nick Aldis coming to AEW and Mickey James is, you know, huh? I mean. To be honest, Mickey James just needs to stay with WWE. They need to give her that last run because she's got that Hall of Fame status. That's what I was kind of hoping when Big Show was like, it's Hall of Fame worthy. I'm like, Mickey James. Mickey James. <laughs> yeah, but they're not going to bring in a female for AEW. I just don't see that happening. Nah, but, um, you know, it's. I mean, like, there's rumors of, like, uh, Mustafa Ali and Ricochet and Aleister Black and Daniel Bryan uh, maybe going to AEW. And it's kind of like, okay, well, you know, I don't, I, but like we discussed, it's kind of like, at what point do you just stop? WWE's yeah. next. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because as we see, the future is very bright for WWE with all of the talent in NXT, you know. And I just wish. Yeah. Loomis would stroke my head like he did to Johnny Gargano when he choked him out. You know, like. Well, speaking of head and stroking, let's talk tops and bottoms of this entire week. So we're only at 54 minutes. Usually we go for two hours. Are you saying that we're getting better at this? We're getting so better at this because we streamlined it and we cut the crap. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Tops and bottoms for me. My top, the way. The way in therapy. And and Johnny Gargano, you're not gonna therapy. You're here to therapy him. You're not gonna therapy me. You're not gonna therapy on me. And I was like, oh, I know, I know what you're doing, Johnny. That was good. Uh, everyone in that segment was was amazing. I wish Candice had had some funny, like some funnier stuff to do because I know she can do it. But she's always the straight man to Johnny. And I'm like, God, what a thankless position, you know? Like, 
Somebody's got to do it. And I'm glad that they're giving her something to do. I forgot about therapy on me. Oh my God. That's so great. <laughs> oh, and the, he's giving her hundreds, the therapist. He goes, Oh, he takes 100 back. He goes, this is arcade money. She, hey, Austin, we're going to Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> and it was so ominous when they're filming it, the outside of the therapy clinic. It was like the, it was your law and order music. And I was like, this is so ominous and creepy. It's hysterical. It's hysterical. It's wonderful. It would be my top moment of the week as well. But honestly, I've got to give it to Kaylee Ray versus Mako Sadamora. What's your bottom? Um, <laughs> do I have to say it? You have to say it. Yeah. It's <laughs> boom. There doesn't go the dynamite. That explosion. And mild. <laughs> Like literally, someone listening to this episode to get me a video of the AEW ring explosion, but set it to boom, 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 boom. I want you in my room. I want to just take the ending of that match and splice in the the apartment explosion from Melrose Place, or just limo blowing up. That would be fucking amazing. Just <laughs> like great guys. The ending of that ma match made Vince McMahon blow himself up. You happy? You happy now? <laughs> I have a video to make now after we log off of here. Tommy, where can people find you across the internet? I like how Joey just assumed what my bottom was because. <laughs> oh, is it also the explosion? Oh my goodness. Yes. I'm so sorry. Let's see. We didn't even have to list mine. We knew what it was. Like, I'm not, I, I gave Revolution a top grade um, because that the ending of, of the exploding deathmatch barbed wire on a Judy Bagwell on a pole match surrounded by a pool of lava with sharks in a helicopter um, did not live up to, you know, but you know what? MVP of the award, the MVP of the award, the MVP award for, you know, the person of this week, you know what? We're just going to give it to Eddie Kingston because he still sold it. He tried that poor guy, like that, give him a TNT title reign because you know what? He sold better for, he sold better for that fucking ending than Darby Allen did for Brian Cage. That's all I'm going to say. If I'm Tommy Purr, if you wish to follow me on social media, you know, hire me to write for your company. <laughs> or avoid me and my application for extra work. Uh, you can find me <laughs> at Instagram at the under the underscore man underscore diva at yahoo.com. You can find me on Twitter at rare underscore form, R-A-W-R underscore form. You can purchase my merchandise on storefrontier.com backslash merchandise, P-U-R-R-chandise. And uh, you can find me on Facebook at facebook.com backslash officially perfect, P-U-R-R fact. And since we're talking MVPs, mine is Utica for eating paint. You can follow me on Instagram or Twitter at Joey underscore Mayberry. You can follow me on TikTok at Joey dot Mayberry. Also, feel free to check out my YouTube show. Um, well, it's not a show anymore. It's just um, me posting my matches, but go look at it anyway. Also, I'm a social media whore. Just Google me. And if you liked hearing both of our opinions on professional wrestling, follow this show, whether or not you're listening on whatever the Apple podcasts are called, Spotify, 
Anchor. You can also donate to us right here on Anchor. Please go ahead and do that because we're poor. Help us with poor. Yes, help me in poor. And until next week, we are going to officially sign off of here under an hour. Shut the fuck up. Wow. Well, we'll see you next week when we fuck all that shit up. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Cue the explosions, everyone. Oh, okay. God damn it, Joey. Told you to test it out. It was Tommy for all along. All along. <laughs>